Welcome back to Been There, Watched That. Dave, Joe, myself, Justin, your favorite movie TV reviewers. Uh, last time we had a pretty terrible pick. The General from 1926. Oh, jeez. A certified stinker, but this week <laughs> Dave has come in to lift all our spirits with the 1985 film Vision Quest. Hopefully. You know, one of us here has to carry, do the heavy lifting and carry some good movies. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, hopefully Dave's going to pull us out of the rut. We don't know yet. We've oh, not discussed this. We know. Yeah, Dave has was, nothing uh, but good picks. And yes, I just talked that third person. All-time classic comedies, according oh, to some. jeez. <laughs> which okay, included yeah, uh, yeah. people just walking around in silence, bonking their heads on things. And exactly. Let me humble Dave before he breaks his arm, patting himself on the back. <laughs> Three words, Mad Max 2. That wasn't oh, my no, pick. No. That was Justin's no, pick. No, 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 oh. no. I'm not putting that on Justin's doorstep. I will not let him take a sword on that one. I'm putting it on his doorstep. <laughs> now, I will let him take fall on the sword on Mad Max, but Mad Max 2 is all you, buddy. No, no, no. Anyway, <laughs> Vision a Quest. Speed, a speedy episode. Yeah, yeah, Vision Quest. We've got all right. time crunch today, so Joe's going to... Jump right in with a little Fill us in synopsis. with the synopsis. Alright, so the synopsis is Vision Quest is a coming of age movie in which high school wrestler Loudon Swain decides he wants to be something more than an average high school athlete and sets his sights on a prize that many don't think he can win. He then sets out to reach his goal alone without much support of his father or coach. His father rents a room to a young drifter, Carlo. Swain falls in love with her and she helps him stay focused and prevents him from losing sight of his goals. Yeah, so a lot of stories wrapped into one. Yeah, it, it was really weird. On Yeah. You thought it was just one little thing, and then it kind of... Yeah, extrapolated out. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. That's why I like it. This is one of my all-time favorites. I started this one about 9 p.m. last night, and you know checked the, the runtime. was glad to see it was like an hour and 30, something around that. Uh, but then once I got into it, I'm like, yeah, this could be two hours. I'd be all right with that too. I left yeah. being entertained and I dare say a little bit inspired. Yeah. Some cool montage scenes of him working out and trying to get to his goal of to beat this uh, the shoot guy that is like infamous and everyone's yeah. afraid of. He's like the biggest, the local, baddest yeah. wrestler at 168 pounds, and that's his whole thing throughout the movie. He's dropping weight like crazy. Yeah, local beast. He's trying that's... to get down to that lower weight class, which is difficulties getting nosebleeds and passing out and all sorts of stuff yeah there was a couple twists and turns in the movies that led you to believe like it was going to go down a completely different path so there was a couple twists and turns along the way that kind of kept you intrigued yeah so it, it's a, i thought it was interesting because he's a farm boy that moves into the city the big city from montana in Montana, and uh, you know, farm got repossessed or some sort of yeah, his parents got divorced, and yeah, you know, just went downhill from there. And um, so they live in an dad. old beat up house with his dad, and his dad's a car mechanic. And you know, they're just getting by. And you know, the coach at one point says, Hey, listen, when I first met you last year, you had hay in your hair, you know, and you got shot to being a good wrestler. And the coach tries to talk him, which this is the only weird part that I found is that the coach tells him no. You go back to your weight, and that's where you need to be, and you'll be a state champion. Stop this silliness. And he goes in and climbs up a pegboard, and all the coaches like, all right, fine, you win. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that seemed kind of silly because, you know, the coach makes the final decision. I don't know what climbing a pegboard has to do with. His teammate, too, was, like, giving him guff, like, saying, you're yeah. not a team player. Like, what are you doing? But then he yeah. climbs a pegboard, and now that guy is his They're all on board, too. yeah. So See, the pegboard apparently is super important. Yeah, back in the 80s, that was it. And what – I found interesting was at the beginning when he and Cush get into that argument. I'm, I thought, okay, they're better enemies. And then, yeah. then you 
go a couple minutes and you find out like, oh no, they're best of buds. That I, I found that really weird because I thought, right, oh, right. okay, that there's going to be an issue with those two right off. And right. it's like, oh no, they're kind of squaring up, chilling, yeah. Well, Cooch is holding, you know, the facade of being a tough guy, which he really wasn't. Right. His home life sucked, you know. And Cooch, like his, that kind of ties into the whole vision quest, you know, Native American type of thing. Because Cooch, at one point, he's claiming he's half Native American, but then later on we find out he's like, I just made that up. That's kind of like a thing I'm doing. Trying to develop an identity. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's. I don't know. It's weird enough as it is. I had that conversation with my own kids, you know, and with a couple of our college buddies. Like, you know, you move to somewhere else. You can be whoever you want to be. You know, I had a friend from here, from uh, Spencer, West Virginia, that went to college and he came back for a break and he had on a long trench coat and a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm a cowboy. Mm-hmm. I was like, from West Virginia? He's like, yeah, they don't know that. <laughs> All they know is that, you know, I'm from West Virginia and I'm a cowboy. <laughs> And he essentially just reinvented himself. And I was like, man, yeah, you can be anybody you want because you're around all new people. So, you know, Cooch did the same thing. He's like, hey, I'm going to be, my niche is going to be, you know, Native American, and here we go. I'm going to roll with this theme, and that's who I'm going to be. Leather jacket, rode around on a street bike, and, you know, had the mohawk. And Yep. Now, I have one small issue with Cooch's dad. Oh, yeah. He didn't sell me as, like, the quote-unquote bad dad, the whole the abusive father deal. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't buy him as as an abusive father. Now, when we watched American Beauty and Chris Cooper was abusive yes. dad, all oh, he sold that yeah all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, there's only there's a small scene where you just see his dad, and it's just that scene where he's slapping him, and you know. But still, I mean, even that, yeah. That's I mean, what I mean. I think it was just a hey, we gotta throw this in there to give Cooch. You know, a little background. Right, but still, his, I mean, it was it was kind of a, it was a hard sell for me. Was yeah. his dad the same guy, the cook in the kitchen? No, no. Okay. His dad, would right. just he just had that one twenty second deal. Okay. And he was the guy from uh, baseball movie, Major League. Yeah, yeah, Major League one the and manager two. James yeah. Gammon. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Joe. That was a little bit of a weak point. But the rest of the movie, so a couple interesting things. Matthew Modine, which this is crazy. They do this all the time. He was like 24 when they made this movie. You know, nowhere near high school age. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not as were all the actors and actresses. Um, but, you know, Madonna, this is her first appearance in anything where she sang two of her songs. Kind of got her on the map. She's in the club playing with her band. Yep. Singing. Yeah, and here's the thing. A lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know this. Of course, I'd never heard of Vision Quest itself. But yeah. Uh, internationally to help piggyback off of Madonna's uh, celebrity uh-huh. they changed it, the name of the movie to Crazy for You really yes wow did not know that yeah, like I'm a big Australia, fan if you go to Australia it's not called Vision Quest it's hmm. called Crazy for You and and yeah. and it's really weird how Madonna has just a very small scene in this movie but yet there's areas in the world that they use that as the selling point yeah Tell you how popular Madonna was at this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that got her on the map, and bam, she took off. Yeah. So, yeah. interesting story. I, You know, he had to drive forever to go see his grandpa. Okay. Trivia. Yeah. Grandpa, played by Robert Blossom. Yeah. What other movie have we reviewed that he's played on? All right. I got Home think. Alone. Yep. Ah, yeah, he's the old guy in the yeah, park. Old yeah, man, Old Man Marley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was also in Escape from Alcatraz. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like actors, where are they now or what else did they do? Uh, the only 
guy I recognized was Forrest Whitaker, and then the old guy. I didn't know where I'd seen him. Ah, uh, come on now. But uh, Cooch is Jake Ryan, or not Jake Ryan, but Jake from Sixteen Candles. Yeah, I have never seen that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, are you not a John Hughes fan? What do you okay, got going on? I've not seen Sixteen Candles. I've seen what? That's one of them I have not seen. Oh. And I've seen Breakfast Club. I mean, I've seen a lot of the hits, oh. but Sixteen Candles is one I've not seen. How do you not see Sixteen Candles? That's an American staple. I know. Well, that's one of the few. I'm gonna write I... it on my list. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, so you want me to go through a quick, short cast list? Sure. So Matthew Modine or Modine Modine yeah, yeah. played Loudon, and he's also played in Full Metal Jacket and Dark Knight Rises. Linda uh, Forentino. Forentino played Carla. She was in Men in Black. Yep. And we cover Cooch and or Cooch or Cooch. 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 Uh, Ronnie Cox played Loudon's dad. He was in Total Recall, Beverly Hills Cop, Deliverance, and RoboCop. Yep. J.C. Quinn played Elmo. He was in Days of Thunder. Daphne Zuniga played Margie Epstein. She was in Spaceballs and Melrose Place. And Raphael Sabarge played uh, Schmoozler. He was in Risky Business. Hmm. What about the teacher, Harold Sylvester? Harold Sylvester? Like the English teacher that... Huh, I don't know. I saw, you know, and shoot, the wrestler guy, he actually wrestled for the Marines or somebody as well. Yeah, he wrestled for the Marines. Frank Jasper. I also seen in the trivia that uh, 1996 Olympic gold medalist uh, Kurt Angle said this is his favorite, all-time favorite wrestling movie. Yeah, that's something I came away with was that you know sometimes sports movies they don't do a great job of like making it seem realistic that the actors are actually athletic and are as good as they're being portrayed. But I thought this, I mean, you would know better. Than, me, Dave. Whether or not the wrestling scenes seem realistic, but to me, it's yeah, seemed, they it pretty they good. did a casting call and they got a lot of state champions and real wrestlers to come in as the extras. Yeah. I mean, for this part, it didn't seem staged, you know, because a lot like the final climactic scene is him wrestling this uh, shoot guy, and maybe a little bit here and there, it seemed like uh, when they're flipping him, maybe the guy helped him off the ground a little bit. Right. Yeah. You, know. you know, now I'm with you, Justin. I'm not. Uh, I'm nowhere near as an expert in wrestling. I did read in the trivia that there was some minor uh, things that they've gotten mixed up, like the the color wristbands the referee was wearing. He had yeah. them backwards, stuff like Justin and I wouldn't noticed. But Dave, you being a, a yeah. high school wrestler, you would have uh, some of that. But I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter which arm your wristbands are on; it's just for color coding. And the referees generally go uh, with the same wrist all the time. So theirs may be backwards. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be like that side or that side. They just automatically know red and green is on which wrist. So it's not a huge plot spoiler. No, it's not. Because the mat can be turned either way. Okay. You know what I mean? They're in like, this is the left side or right side. Okay. So those could always switch. And usually, you know, usually the ref assigns like the home team one side or the other. You know, home team's always going to be green. Okay. And they always know like green's on their left wrist. So it doesn't really matter what side the home team's on to them. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, not a big deal. I so. thought it was a uh, shot well, like a lot of cool, uh, yeah. far away scenes. Yeah. Like zoomed out where he's running, training, and then yeah, just like running across the bridge, the iconic scene. You know. They kept it moving with a lot of different camera angles up close. You know, obviously, yeah. and then uh, they'll show like the whole wrestling room and the whole team is there, and all the extras seem you know people that didn't have any speaking role. Yeah. They seemed realistic, and they weren't 
distracting or anything. I thought overall like a lot of great shots. Yeah, I feel like it did a pretty good job. Yeah. You know, the wrestling room was realistic. You know, and she came in, she said, oh, it smells like sweat in there, you know, and crap. It's like, yep, welcome to a wrestling room. But gym. the coach was good, too. He's uh, amusing. and. Uh, yeah, the only thing I thought was a little over the top was the coach wearing a singlet. Right. Coaches usually don't wear singlets. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know, and he had them, like, knee, knee pads and wrestling shoes. Coaches wear wrestling shoes, but usually just shorts and T-shirt because, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just usually. But you never know. I mean, back in the 80s, maybe there was somewhere. So. One, of the, one of the big parts of the story is this 21-year-old girl who ends up, uh, she's passing through town on her way to California, but then her car breaks down. There's a whole thing where yeah. uh, Loudon's dad confronts the guy who sold her the lemon, then she ends up staying with them at their house. Yeah. So there's, like, this sexual tension because he's a high school kid. And here's this oh, yeah. 21-year-old girl living with him now. Yeah. But, yeah. I found it interesting, like, they they said in about the middle of the movie that her car's fixed, but yet she still keeps sticking around. <laughs> yeah, she was working and making money. So saving up money for... Saving up money for a trip. Since she blew all her money on a lemon... Lemon car. I do like, so I've always been enthralled with, you know, like the quotes, you know, and he turned, like, it starts off, my name's Loud and Swain, you know, last week I turned 18, wasn't ready for it, I haven't done anything yet, so I made this deal with myself this year, I make my mark. You know, it's kind of that... Uh, so do something right. special with your life because you know and at some point in there he said there's because he gives a little monologue to somebody I can't remember who he says you know people who deserve it like there's no tomorrow because when you get right down to it there is no tomorrow you know and that's used a lot in sports like hey leave it all out on the field you know whatever quote you might want to throw in there but it's all about make the most of your time because you can't get it back right and uh, I think that's a pretty big deal that mentality gets lost in people I think so it's nice to see a movie that kind of represents that idea of you know make the most of the time you got because you know you can't can't get any back right did you uh end up watching the whole thing with kale Dave? No, no he uh with his practices and stuff we didn't get time to finish yeah. it but we will mm-hmm. so well could you get a read on him so far in he liked it yeah i mean you know he's he's in his junior year of high school sports so he's yeah he's enthralled about it. he's like all right yeah i understand you know i thought he, he followed the plot and was like yep makes sense well, I like, you know, that it was, like, kind of almost over-the-top 80s in certain areas. Like, it was entertaining just that, yeah. you know, there wasn't uh, corny or anything, but it was definitely set in its time of the 80s. And Yeah, I think there's a lot of little hidden gems. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when he goes into Mr. Tanneran and he's shooting basketball, and he's like, hey, after the whole Tai Chi scene in the hotel, you know, he's like, hey, have you ever done any Tai Chi? Tai Chi? Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know. He's like, yeah, how could 800 million people be wrong? And Mr. Tanneran's like, oh, they often are. (laughs) You know, and that's, it's kind of like, yeah, the mob mentality is, you know, often wrong. Yeah. Uh, But I thought that was a neat little hidden gem of, you know. Yeah, I did not see that whole hotel room Tai Chi thing. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That was weird. That guy did a good job selling that. Yeah. He looked just straight enough to be, you know, okay, this is a um, professional guy, but then... Yeah, first I thought, oh, this guy's makes his move. cool, he's zen, he's doing tight shoes. Yeah. Hotel room, then he basically tries to hit on the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> loud and get him to come back to the room later. And like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, so a neat little tidbit. And I like how they arm wrestle. You know, he arm wrestles with the cook. And I like how the cook's kind of got that no-nonsense deal. You know, he's like, just put the hamburger to eat it and eat it like a regular person. Yeah. You know, just kind of those deals. Trying to take care of Loudon. And, uh, yeah. 
I have to say, when when we start seeing the nosebleeds and and Loudon's health being affected by him losing weight, yeah, I honestly didn't think he was going to make it to the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and that's in in all reality though, that's every wrestler, not every wrestler, but that's most wrestlers. You know, back in the day, it was hot, tough. There wasn't any, now. There's a regulation like you have to sign off a form and you can't go below two weight classes where you're at. It's a whole fiasco. But I mean, back in my day of wrestling. You know, you wore a trash bag, you sweated your butt off. You know, it wasn't anything unusual for wrestlers to just run themselves in the ground and, and pass out and, you know. Yeah. So but that he, realistic he part. all throughout the movie, but he couldn't eat any. He yeah. said, oh, yeah, I'm starving, but I can't eat. Yeah. It's yeah. like I mean, 500 calories a day or whatever. He was yeah, doing. and working out like a madman. I mean, that's, you know, I was on two state championship wrestling teams, and that's that's how it is. You know, you chew ice chips, you know, you pass up on food, and you starve yourself and work out like crazy. That's why I was kind of enthralled. I really like the, you know, where he's jumping rope by himself under the spotlight in the gym, uh, the auxiliary gym. Now, that does not happen. But, man, what a cool movie poster. Yes. You know, him jumping rope looking up and the light spotlight shining on him. Right. And like I said, that doesn't happen. They don't have gyms where there's only just one spotlight. <laughs> but, man, what a cool, iconic shot. Yeah. Him training combined with the soundtrack of this definitely... Got me a little like, all yeah. right, I need to go for a run tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little inspiring, yeah, like where he's running across the bridge. And he's, Matthew Modine's a big guy, you know, and he's athletic. He had a good pace, a good running gait, so he sold it as an athlete. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't like sometimes they have movies and the people are like, uh, running full speed. yeah, you know, Hunger Games. I was like, you know, I like uh, Jennifer Lawrence, but she's not an athlete. <laughs> they you show know. her like as if she's doing a 10 mile run and she's running it at a pace yeah. that no one could possibly have. Yeah. Keep uh, to make her look like but yeah. you know, I bought Matthew Modine as yeah. an athlete and as a wrestler. Yeah. And his whole role throughout the whole movie, I thought he really brought you in and I mean, yeah. he's the center of the whole movie and did a great job. Yeah. I thought he was an excellent choice. Um, it didn't come across to me as that he couldn't sell the high school kid right. look either. Right. Like he yeah. He dressed. The way he carried himself was a little. Yeah, he dressed like a high, sloppy high school kid, you know, baggy khakis that weren't really khakis, but you know, just paint old pants and you know, old shoes and button-up shirts, yeah. old military backpack type na- yeah, he, knapsack. Yeah, a different look. A lot of his teammates would wear their Letterman jacket around all the time and were much more kind of yeah, yeah, athletic looking guys. But he had a different look going. Kind of the groups, and I think that sold him as an outcast because he was doing his own thing. Do you like the soundtrack, Joe? It wasn't bad. Uh, the, Definitely 80s. Yeah, yes. Yeah, if you didn't know any better, you, you would think, man, they're really beating you over the head with this 80s stuff. But but then it's like, time out, this is an 80s movie. So yeah, it, set in 1983, and it was set in the 80s. And I have to say, this movie, if I didn't have to watch it, I probably wouldn't have watched it because just from just the appearance of it, this was kind of outside my realm of genres movies uh, types of movies I normally watch but it was uh, it I'm gonna rank it higher than I thought I would yeah looking at the cover I was like what's Dave picked it looks yeah. like a romantic because uh, it's, it's Loudon and uh, Carla Carla they're just kind of hugging each other on the cover I was like what, what do we got here well and, and way more you, sports to it than when you hear vision quest I'm thinking it sounds like some kind of space movie and then you see the movie poster of this guy and a girl, and it's going, well, that's not a space movie. So, And then Dave's saying, this is a sports movie. He's like, okay, Vision Quest sounds like 
a space movie. It has a picture of a boy and a girl. All right, Dave, are you losing it? Or? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 78% audience. Does 57% it? from the critics, though. That's a little wow. weird. That seems low to me. Yeah, I mean, it. I kind of agree with Joe. You know, it's kind of a niche movie. The poster, the original poster has, you know, Loudon and Carlo on the front of it. It doesn't really sell it as a sports movie, but that ends up being what it is. Yeah. So I think if you go into, you know, whatever the pitch is for that poster, you're like, crap, this isn't, you know, the romantic type movie I signed up for necessarily because it has a ton of wrestling in it. Yeah, because Cena watched it with me and she said, well, no wonder you're you're not a huge fan of it. She said, this is more of a... Uh, a romance film than than you know an action or sport film. She because she loved it. She did. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just and, curious what. And I just figured she would just uh, dump on the whole thing. She said no. I loved. It. She said it was a great movie. And I'm really. Going, yeah. And I'm going really. She said well. She said it's a romantic film. She said that's why you're not a fan, a huge <laughs> fan of. I was like, well, okay. Well then that makes sense. And do you know what the budget was? Either of you find track on no. budget. Uh, that is one note I forgot to grab last night. Ah, here we go. Oh, okay, so opening weekend was two point six million. It grossed in the U.S. Oh wow. Yeah, that can't be right. But okay, in the U.S. it grossed twelve point nine million. Worldwide grossed twelve point nine million. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Still not. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, because I mean it's the exact dollar amount on both. So. Yeah, <clears throat> but still, nice return on investment: two million in and twelve million out. Yeah. What'd you guys think of Carla's character? I thought she sold it well. I mean, she played this punky New York girl that's sassy, and you know, I did find it interesting. Um, shoot, I just had an idea there. <laughs> Left me. You got me. Thinking about something else. I'm still trying. What was the budget? Did we figure out the budget? Uh, what it cost? What was the budget? I couldn't find the budget. Oh. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Uh, oh, so where the cook, Elmo, you yes. know, aptly named cook, Elmo, hotel cook. But, uh, you know, he lives in this small dinky apartment. And I, I like that he's telling him the story about Pele. You know, just one of those sports. I mean, who watched soccer back in the 80s? Right. Nobody in America. Right. You know, and as he, this cook, Elmo's talking to him, he's like, listen, I'm going because there's this beautiful thing about sports that just everybody relates to. You know, this is a cook that has a dead-end job, lives in an apartment, has no family or friends that he talks to. And, you know, he's like, I flipped through the channels one night and, you know, I see this game and this guy does this amazing bicycle kick, you know, Pele. And it's just, you know, the most incredible thing. And he's sitting there and he's crying because he got to witness this, you know, scene of perfection. Yeah. And he's like, so this might be another one of those moments. So, yes, I'm dressing up in a suit and tie and I'm going to yeah, your event. Not going to miss it. And um, I thought that was pretty poignant. Mm-hmm. And I think that talks to people, especially yeah. athletes, you know, that play sports. That's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for that perfect moment when it all just comes together. And they kind of reiterated that in Ford versus Ferrari, Ferrari, where he talks about, the driver talks about, you know, that perfect lap. Yes. You know, every driver's looking for that perfect lap. Right. So kind of that moment. That came at a time when Loudon was kind of, it seemed like he was kind of questioning himself. So yeah. there's a little bit of a pep talk for him that this is more than, this is potentially going to inspire people if you go out there and yeah and, and win this wrestling match well, or just you know compete 
and that was that was a big thing. I did like it when uh, he and Cooch went over to see shoot. Shoot's carrying a big log up the bleachers. Yes. And he's like, "Are you gonna make weight?" And he's like, "I hope so." And he kind of looks at him and says, "Me too." <laughs> <laughs> that little ominous foreshadowing. Yeah. I do hope you make it. <laughs> when they go over there, he just happens to be. Going up some bleachers with a huge log on his back, like yeah, training. yeah, like it was nothing. Yeah. It was like, and I liked it too when he went to his match to scout him, and he's got his tape recording. He's sitting, he's like, "All right, notes on this match." And then you know, shoot comes out in ten seconds and just flops the guy and pins him. <laughs> and he's sitting there while everybody else jumps up. He's sitting there with a look of disbelief on his face. I was like, "That's awesome. That's a great scene." You know, just like, "Oh my, yeah. I just bit off way more than I can yeah. chew." Oh yeah, where do I go from here? And everybody's just dancing around him, screaming and yelling. And he's just sitting there like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> set up to do this big scouting deal. Yep. That's all he got. Yeah, hmm. I'm happy with this one. Kept me entertained the whole time. All so right. are we ready to, to yeah, rank this Yeah, let's puppy? slow down. So our, our ranking system, explain it to us. Okay, so uh, we scale on one to five, but we don't use the numbers. Uh, we rate on sizes of popcorn. Burt popcorn being the absolute worst thing ever. <clears throat> Mad Max 2. Oh, Mad Max 1. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, okay, both. And Howard the Duck. Uh, here Joe. we go. Yeah. Oh, and then we go small, medium, large, and then a uh, nod to our local movie theater, the Ruby Theater. The best rating you can get is a mop bucket size yep. popcorn. Oh, yeah. So, gentlemen, where are we at on the popcorn? Oh, scale? overflowing mop bucket. This is my favorite. I'm like, I'm like a, a little girl with a crush. I'm just like, oh, this has everything I like. A little bit of drama, a little bit of romance, some sports. Yep. You know, these poignant, high ideas and intricate thinking. You know, a guy chasing his dream. Yep, you know, I'm, I'm in. I'm, like, flirting with my first mop bucket. Really? Oh, what do you got to flirt with? You're an athlete, <laughs> Justin. You know yeah, the yeah. deal. This had to have touched your soul yeah. and been like, it was anything that inspires you to go be active, yeah, that's a mop bucket. Now, I'm, Justin, be true to yourself. On the so fence, don't... overflowing large or mop bucket. Let me, give me a second to think, and Joe, you okay. take it away. Okay. Oh, so, so I'm going to knock you guys down to reality. Okay. Oh, <laughs> come on now. I'm going medium, and, and here's, here's why. <laughs> oh, boy. You're no longer invited. Bring scene on the show. Okay. So, and here's why. All right, tell me why. This movie, like I said, if... If I want, if I didn't have to watch this for the show, I hold on. Would... If I may interrupt, okay, Justin. The yep. issue is there were no explosions. I knew it. I knew because when I that thought, was the deal. Joe's like, about, yeah, there's nothing blowing up. I'm out. When I thought about my movie ranking, I was like, okay, you get ready for it. Dave's going to nail you on there was no explosions. <laughs> there's no explosions. There's no gun battles. The cars crashed into a ravine. Or yeah, anything. I mean, the most exciting thing was his dad punching the guy, and you didn't actually see it. So. Well, and yeah, that didn't sell it for me. So, the and the reason I'm going with the medium, like I said, if I didn't have to watch it for the show, I probably never would have seen this movie. So my expectations going in just based on the movie poster and the title, it was. I think now you didn't even watch the movie; you just looked at the poster a, and said, "All right, a, done, done." No, it was going to be a small at best. Oh gosh! And then when I got into it, I started. I was like, "Okay, this will be a medium." And then it got a little slow there in the middle, and then it picked me back up at the end, toward the end, when or in, right there at the last two minutes, when his nose started bleeding on the mat, and you was contemplating, okay, is he going to make it or is he going to blow a blood vessel right here in front of everybody? Yeah. So okay, so I'm going to bump it up to overflowing medium. Overflowing, okay. Yeah. All right. History's being made. My first mop bucket. There we oh, go. You know, oh, I just boy. thought uh, Matthew Modine, right? Yeah, Matthew Modine. Did just such a good job that 
I think he carried the movie and he took it that extra little boost. Yeah. To get me from large to mop bucket. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Overflowing mop bucket for me, obviously. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Dave's just bathing in bop- popcorn at this point, and, uh. and Justin giving out his first mop bucket. Yeah, and even I mean, if it's a little silly sometimes just the the pure 80s-ness of it it wasn't uh yeah poorly acted though it was well, still right you know and they had a little bit of they had aspects of everything tied in there like the the girl that has a crush on him you know i like it where so there's laughable moments as well so even some comedy in there for you joe i really right. liked it when she came up to him in the hallways like loudon i love you and he passes out <laughs> and she's like oh not quite the effect i was hoping for yeah <laughs> so you know got all that all right, so yeah, I like the whole vision quest thing a little bit of a some deep yeah uh, things too like there's a deep some deep uh, issues that they discussed it wasn't all uh fluff was, right there's some some interesting stuff going on too all right so you guys take us home Joe. all right so mm. i need you guys to help me pick my neck pick for next week oh jesus is yeah so i'm gonna pick have you pick between two do you okay. want one a movie starring uh Matthew or Warren Beatty and Al Pacino, or a movie starring Burt Reynolds. I, I, I'm not crazy about Warren Beatty, but I like Al Pacino. Yeah, I was about to say I like Al. Pacino. But I know what movie that is, and then also uh, <laughs> I like Burt Reynolds. Yeah, you know, there there, there know. isn't really a bad Burt Reynolds movie. I've seen a lot of Pacino, but not much Burt. So maybe we should. Yeah, I'm saying if this is Stroke or Ace, I'm in. No, it's not Stroke or Ace. Car crashes, things on fire. No. The Dallas Cowboy player, Too Tall Jones, or whatever his no, name no, is. No, no, no. Stroke Race. That's got your favorite guy in it. Who's the guy that plays uh, the mil- uh, He's in the Army. Uh, Gomer Pyle. It's got Gomer Pyle in it. Oh, it's got Gomer Pyle in it? Yeah. I've never seen Stroke Race. It's got uh, Lonnie Anderson. Okay. Yeah. I'll it's got the guy from Deliverance. Okay, I'll have to research this. So, Stroke Race it is. All right. No, 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 no. No, not this round. All right. Daggone it, John. No, no. You almost had me convinced. Okay, so we're going Burt, Burt Reynolds or Warren Beatty and Al Pacino? You guys That's my vote, Burt. Burt, okay, Dave. Burt. Okay, so then we're going to watch Smokey and the Band. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> really? <sighs> Joe. Look up Stroke Race and maybe see what you think. Okay, but but I'm not going to. Okay, so I'll, I, that may make a list, but for this next, for my pick, we're going uh, Smokey and the you're, Band. You're allowed to change. 1977, Smokey yes. and the Bandit. And a new feature uh, that nobody knows about except for us three. After my turn, we're going to add a new turn of for online it. submissions. And I have a nice little list, and there's some really good ones on there, guys. I'll send you the whole list of choices we have for online submissions. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Bye, golly. All right. Good week. Vision Quest. If you haven't seen it, go out and see it. Very inspiring movie. Justin, take us home. Oh, I'll pass it to Joe. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. All right. Joe, so, take us home. So for all of our reviews, uh, visit our website at beentherewatchthat.com. Follow us on social media. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at BTWT Pod for all that. Uh, send us your submissions. We would love uh, your input on reviews. Like I said, we're going to start a new section after my next turn of uh, online submissions. So send us that stuff, and we'll either praise you or, or throw you under the bus. It's uh, mm-hmm. your pick. Uh, <laughs> And for our podcast, uh, subscribe online to all those platforms. Uh, Been there, watch that. Hosted by Anchor.fm. And I'm just going to point out real quick that I do have the highest rating of movie picks. So 
Yeah. I'm going to start tallying that. Tally, tally it right up, buddy. Mop Bucket City over here. That's all I'm saying. If you go with Stroke Race, you too could have a Mop Bucket, Joe. Now, wait a minute. I had a Mop Bucket with um, Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was true. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Been there. Watch that. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. For myself, Joe, and Justin, we'll be back.